podcast. Welcome to the Lab Coat Agents Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Lab Coat Agents Marketing Center. The LCA Marketing Center is designed specifically for the real estate world. It's a design center for marketing that has templates created so you can just plug and play. From flyers, postcards, buyer presentations to open house signs and Instagram posts. Check it out for free for seven days at lcamarketingcenter.com. Your mind is not your friend. It's a drunk monkey predicting failure before you've even arrived at a listing presentation or dialed a FISBO. In episode number seven, Tristan interviews Matthew Ferry on harnessing the power of a quiet mind. They discuss why our survival mind dominates, even when we're not in a survival state, and describes how a quiet mind can help us see opportunity others do not. Listen in for Matthew's four-step process to achieve rapid enlightenment and learn his top practices for achieving a quiet mind. Hey, Lab Code agents, it's Tristan, and today we've got Matthew Ferry on our podcast. Very excited. I've known Matthew for actually not a very long time, but the time that I have known him, he's been very influential in, in helping me think differently, and I appreciate him very much. And so if you haven't heard him, this will be amazing. And if you have, this will also be amazing. Matthew, thanks for being on and appreciate you. Glad I can be here and I hope I can make a difference for some people today. You definitely will, man. Well, let's get right into it. When you were coaching me and we were going through the whole process of changing my, my thought process, you were still coaching a few agents. And I think since then, you switched over more towards spiritual, right? Enlightened. A different type of coaching, right? Or a different approach? Yeah, it's a different approach. Same clients, different approach. It is the, I'm going to call it the high conscious go-getter. I would put you into that category. You're, you're committed to being effective and empowered and doing well, but you're also committed to being at peace and feeling more joy and, and those inner states. You want the inner qualities as well as the outer qualities. And I'm just am tightening up my process and making sure that I can help people like you and your listeners achieve that more rapidly. So for those of you who know who Matthew Ferry is, you understand where he's coming from. But for those of you who've never heard of him or don't know his processes or his teachings, Matthew, can you explain what is the quiet mind and why it's so important for entrepreneurs? Well, uh, you know, we want to start by saying that agents are essentially entrepreneurs. They're working under a broker, but they're, you know, it's, it's eat what you kill. And when you have a quiet mind, you're in the present moment, Tristan. So, in the present moment, there is no stress or worry or concern. And according to the American Institute of Stress, 73% of Americans say that they deal with psychological stress on a regular basis. I imagine it's higher for agents, especially with uh, you know the changing markets and everything fluctuating the way that it is. And the truth is that's bad news. It's, it's bad news to have stress because it alters your decision-making and you don't see things clearly. You're not easy to be around. Your creativity is diminished. Your energy gets zapped. And if we're going to achieve the goals that we've set for ourselves, then you want the best version of you to influence every aspect of the business. The good news is when you learn to quiet your mind, all of those debilitating effects disappear. And the good news 
also is that you can learn to quiet your mind. It's a skill that anybody can learn. Well, I felt like you took me through that path about what, two, three years ago? When we were yes. when we were going back and forth, and that was that was a pretty awesome path that you took me through for about a year. How do you get onto that path? Are you talking about how I got on it, or how do they get on it? How, how would somebody just listening in? What what are some steps they need to take to get into that path to to quiet their mind? Because mm. for for a real estate agent or for an entrepreneur or anybody in sales. You have so many things coming at you, bombarding you left and right. It's like Zillow, Open Door, Redfin. Oh no, your your whole industry is shattering. You need a coach. You suck at real estate. You need to do better over here. And it's like, at what point do we quiet that down and focus? How do we get there? Well, I remember coaching top performers in the real estate industry for you know the majority of my professional career. Actually, I started to coach real estate agents for my father's company in 1993. I was doing something called over the phone training where we would take people through a three week phone calling process where they would learn how to make cold calls. And the thing that really struck me was that I could teach people exactly what to do and then they wouldn't do it. Their mind would talk them out of it. And you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> yeah. We've all done it, man. I've We've done all it. done it. And that, that was a polarizing moment for me because when I was young, when I was about nine years old, I started having these out-of-body experiences. I felt like I was floating above my body and I didn't know what to do with it. But I felt this incredible, profound bliss and peace. And the experience was so powerful that as an adult, I was driven to find a predictable path to get back to that feeling, that, that all is well feeling. And I'll tell you that after coaching thousands of people from Wall Street to Main Street, I've discovered that I'm not alone. Most people just want to feel that feeling. And as, as a salesperson, to know that all is well and to experience a deep trust that everything is going to turn out okay is very liberating. And the way that I help people to get there is through a four-step process that I call the rapid enlightenment process. All right. And that rapid enlightenment process with those four steps, does it require a lot of self-awareness, a lot of studying meditation, or, or take us through some of that just so I can understand that? Yeah, let's say it in this way. I love meditation. And it didn't get me to a place where I was able to maintain what has traditionally been called an enlightened state, which is a state in which you recognize that all is well, and you know that you are the same thing that everything else is. When you know that, you are at peace, and your mind is no longer bugging you. And the way that I ultimately got there after meditating for four hours at a time and doing every spiritual thing you could possibly imagine to get myself there and then not achieving the goal, the way I ultimately got there was through four steps. One, I had to see what I coined the drunk monkey talking in my head. And it turns out that the drunk monkey is an effect. And most people think that the drunk monkey is who they are. But the drunk monkey is like the GPS in your car. It's giving you instructions and it's giving you instructions in order to survive. So you, Tristan, you might have the idea like, oh, I'm going to call my past clients. This is like a, an intuition, an inspiration that you get. But then the drunk monkey goes, nah, make a left. And I want you to just get on Facebook and, and you know, play around over there instead. The yeah. drunk monkey distracts you from the possibility of being embarrassed. 
it distracts you from the possibility of being rejected because mm. the drunk monkey is committed to survival. So you have to see the drunk monkey and see what I call the unconscious reflexes. I, I go through six of the 12 unconscious reflexes in my book, Quiet Mind, Epic Life. But then you also have to go deeper than that because the drunk monkey, the talking in your head, is just the effect. The cause are the hidden motives to survive. And ultimately in my work, I had to discern that there was something that was motivating my mind to continue to speak to me. And it turns out that it's greed, grudge, hatred, victim, illogical rules, humble, traitor, pride, resistance, and I missed one. I can't remember what it is. <laughs> I'll have to look in my own book to figure it out. I'm free-forming it. But here's what you need to know. If one of those is activated, let's say pride is activated. Mm -hmm. Pride is a big thing that I find in the real estate industry. Yeah. This need to be important, need to be validated, need to be understood, need to be thought of as an expert. And the pride shows up in two ways. In one way, you overexert and overemphasize your value and you start peacocking and you have an ego and you're arrogant and et cetera, et cetera. That's unbelievably repelling to most people. And the agent doesn't realize that they're being driven by this motivation to survive by being important, or it creates the opposite. They aren't getting validated, so then they become a victim. And now they're, they're whining, they're moaning, they're complaining, and they're doing all of that to get the attention and the support that they need. But in either case, you're in a thriving situation. Your objective is to create an amazing life using real estate as your tool and yet you're being driven by biological motives to survive. You're using the wrong part of your mind. So that's step one and step two. So just, just to clarify so that some people can understand it a little clear, you're saying that we normally listen to our inner instinct to survive, and that's what's causing the challenges in our life rather than listening to what part? What should we be listening to? It's a really good question. And it's a question that can't be understood until you've quieted your mind, but I'm gonna tell it to you anyways. Thank you. But listen to your intuition, but your intuition will represent itself via survival until you remove the motivation to survive. And that's an outlandish thing to say, to remove the motivation to survive. Most people are like, oh my God, what, you know, am I gonna put myself at risk? And the answer is no, your body is predisposed to survival, but the situations that you're in are not survival situations. So a for sale by owner yelling at you and hanging up is not a survival situation, yet you'll have a survival reaction. Of course. And if you have a survival reaction, it'll stop you from doing the next one. Or if you make the next call, you'll call the next one thinking from a survival state in advance. And if you're trying to get collaboration, I would like to help and support you through this process, Mr. or Mrs. Fisbo. If you're thinking I want to collaborate, but you're behaving like this person is a combatant and I have to figure out how to wrestle them to the ground and smash their face in the ground and get them to say yes, it's going to be a lot more effort and a lot less results. I'll say it in this way. The rapid enlightenment process creates an extraordinary level of efficiency because you're in the present moment. 
you're open and available to all the information that is coming in. You're resisting nothing. And when you resist nothing, you're able to pluck out those incredible moments of opportunity that other people just can't see. And Tristan, I suspect that people on a regular basis think to themselves, how can I be more like Tristan? How come he has so many opportunities? And what they don't know is, one, you put in the work. Very important. But yeah. number two, you have a, a point of view, a way of looking at it that is more harmonious than destructive. And you can be a destructive person and be very successful, look around. But the amount of energy that it takes is extraordinary and you'll achieve the success and still be miserable. And therefore, you'll go into a state of apathy and think, well, maybe I need to do 100 deals and then you'll still be miserable. Maybe I need to do 150 deals and you'll still be miserable. Because in the end, the quality of your existence has nothing to do with your success. It has to do with who you are on the inside. And yet, who you are on the inside can make a huge difference to what you do, the, the actions you take. Dude, that was beautifully said. I'm glad we recorded that, <laughs> by the way. Now that we're talking about state of mind, can you tell me the difference, uh, how you see it, between a quiet mind and an enlightened state? Are they the same thing? Or are they different? I want your take. They're the same thing. Okay. But I want to give it a caveat here, okay? The quiet mind state has traditionally been called the enlightened state. But for most people, that seems impossible. It seems like, oh my God, am I going to have to go and sit in a cave and meditate and do all of that stuff? You know, it's, it actually seems unattainable. But the truth is, Tristan, it's unbelievably practical. Life is so much better when you're at peace with things like the political climate or the future of our nation or your money or your health or your kids or your marriage or retirement. It's so much better when you're at peace. Enlightenment is not a place. It's not a destination. It's just a very empowering framework to see your life through. And in the end, in the end, if we just boil it all the way down, enlightenment is nothing more than the recognition that all is well. And anything less than all is well is some kind of survival state. And for your listeners, I suspect that they might be in a survival state one or two times in their entire lives. And yet they will be burdened with a survival state of mind their entire life unless they take this process on. Got it. So you're saying, and what I notice is that the survival mind, for some reason it shows up more on social media. You go into these Facebook groups, right? And, I, and you've seen it. I know you've seen it. <laughs> in some of these Facebook groups, and just posts, you can tell that people are coming from a place of survival where they're always complaining. They're always showing up like they're the victims. And, and, and it's really challenging to, to really step back and be like, you know what, let's see how we can help them. Because I feel like when we try or we, we attempt to go that route, it's like a dead end. We, we really can't pry them out of that. Like we have to wait and let that pass. What have you seen? What, what's, what do you think is the main reason that agents and people on social media feel like it could just be kind of bullyish and, and mean? Well, I'll start by 
repeating back what my father's mentor said to him. And my, my father's mentor was a man named Earl Nightingale. And my father had gone to him and said, how do I get my parents to start studying these ideas, Earl? And Earl put his hand on my father's shoulder, looked him right in the eye, and he said, Mike, we're not in the business of lifting up the downtrodden. And that has really stuck with me. There are many different types of human beings, many, many, an infinite variety. And yet there is distinctly that group that is predisposed to optimizing their inner state for more pleasurable experiences like you, like me, like our listener. And then there's the vast majority of humanity that are still in a place where they think that the world needs to change in order for them to be happy. And neither is right or wrong, good or bad. But in my book, you'll see me talking about what I am noticing as the evolution that is occurring for mankind at this moment, that we are evolving. We're evolving from having to spend all of our time trying to figure out how do we get the world to change so that we can be comfortable, so that we can live longer and have a good life. Well, the, the truth is we're already there. The world, even, I mean, even in, in America right now, if you try to kill yourself, you probably couldn't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like people would just be like, no, you can't do that. You, you know, even that would be, you don't, you're so safe that it would be difficult to do that. It's not that you can't, but it would be, it's actually difficult to do it. And that's a outlandish way to contextualize it. But it helps us, the person like myself or like you or like our listener, who has a drive that we can't explain to feel good, to be empowered, to see the world in an optimistic fashion. It helps us to realize that not everybody is committed to that and almost no one cares. And while the population of people who are desiring these kinds of things is growing exponentially, it's still a small fraction of the world. And most of the world is still stuck in greed and hatred and victimhood and, and pride and egotistical actions because those are the way in which we have survived in the past. That's how you survived. Someone like yourself, two, 300 years ago, probably wouldn't make it very long. I agree. Because you weren't, you're not cunning enough. You, didn't, you don't have the survival predisposition. You have a thriving predisposition. And the world wasn't actually set up for thriving 200 years ago. But today it is. Today, you and I, this is our day in the sun. You and I can thrive in a world where our predecessors have set it up so that we can be at peace and enjoy this incredible existence. And real estate is such a huge opportunity for people to do that. If you're at peace and you are making your cold calls, you'll be more successful. If you're at peace and you're on a listing presentation, the possibility of the person being more agreeable about the price goes way up. If you are in a confrontational state, if you're in a angry, upset, maybe victimized, fearful, prideful state, if you are being a traitor and pretending to be someone that you're not and, and not saying what you really think, the possibility of you having a crappy business goes way up. That's very true. You mentioned your book twice. Can you tell me the title of your book 
and where we would go to get it for the listeners? Quiet Mind Epic Life. Go to quietmindepiclife.com and I will send you a book for free. If you just pay the shipping, I will buy the book and send it to you. All right. Perfect. Quiet Mind Epic Life. And that's quietmindepiclife.com, right? That's it. Yes. Perfect. And you have an event coming up too, Matthew, or, or no? I do. Yeah. We do three events a year and the event is called Epic Life Live. And that's the place where we go through the process of the rapid enlightenment or the, uh, we go through the rapid enlightenment process and we get your mind to go quiet so that you can go back into your life and experience that peace and that flow and experience the incredible burst in productivity that happens when you are at peace. When is your next event? Next one is coming up in May. So it's the first week of May. And then we have another one after that in October, first weekend in October. Where is the one in October? Everything is in Orange County uh, by the Santa Ana, Orange County Airport these days. So we're we're making our life easy these days. Dude, I love that. All right. So I'm planning on going to the October one now. Outstanding. We would love to see you there. I love that. All right. So for those of you who haven't picked up the book, obviously go visit the website. It's a free book. Just pay for the shipping. Damn it. It's cheap. Many of your clients, I know that you had told me this before when we were talking initially, they're from Wall Street. They're from different sales verticals and different lives, uh, not just real estate, right? How are these people, and maybe even specifically the Wall Street people, how are they using the rapid enlightenment process to their advantage? Because that, that's what I want to hear. I want to see how they're using it to do better in life and in business. All right. Well, I started off, as as you know, in the real estate industry in 1989 in my family business, the Mike Ferry Organization. And I actually started my first coaching program in 1993. And I really cut my teeth on helping the high achievers do more. And that process of having to deal with only the people who were doing 50, 75, 100, 150 deals a year really shaped the way that I thought about the world. And I made the jump to Wall Street in 2003. And I don't work with any salespeople on Wall Street. The people that I work with on Wall Street are the CEOs and the portfolio managers and the you know, global executives. And so I work with companies like Goldman Sachs, B of A, Deutsche Bank, Prudential, many, many hedge funds, et cetera, et cetera. Now, these jobs, Tristan, they're some of the highest pressure jobs in the world. Competitive, political, ruthless. And the rapid alignment process was really developed to help these Wall Street executives achieve a calm and peaceful state in the middle of what is often a war zone or a pressure cooker. So one, I'll give you an example. One of my clients on uh, a couple of, couple of Fridays ago lost $30 million in an hour. He lost $30 How million. Much? $30 million in an hour. Ooh, and in the past, he would have felt terrible. And it was on a Friday, right? So his, his whole weekend would have been ruined. But using the four steps of the rapid alignment process, of which we've only covered two, we should cover the other two, he was able to be calm, to maintain his long-term perspective. And that gave him access to his logical mind, his rational mind, his critical thinking, his creativity, his resourcefulness. And the truth is that's why he's entrusted to manage billions of dollars. From that level-headed, quiet mind state, 
he was able to take some effective action and and regain the profits that he lost. But prior to that rapid enlightenment process, he would have literally spent the whole weekend trying to you know suppress his feelings. Mm. Maybe doing some drinking or some binge watching shows on Netflix or overeating sugar. But instead, he felt free and empowered. He was able to be present and enjoy his weekend. He wasn't reacting, like you said earlier, he wasn't reacting to that survival instinct, that survival mind. He could recognize that all is well. And doing that and losing $30 million, that is a skill set. <laughs> I bet it is, man. $30 million is no joke. You know what you remind me of now that you said that, that whole Wall Street thing? I don't know if you've ever watched or heard of the, the show Billions. I, you know? I've heard of it. I've never watched it. All right. So there's a character there named, her name is Wendy Rhodes. Her job is to really uh, keep the whole crew, like the executives, everybody that's, that's losing, that has the potential of losing billions at the right level of mind at peace. And so that's what I'm like, oh, that's like, that's like Matthew Ferry, dude. Like you're worth millions, man, if not billions. I have 24 people on Wall Street who I am their, I am their secret weapon in that way. Dude, I, I love that. I love, and for people who think that Matthew Ferry may be joking, no, this guy's legit. I mean, the year that I spent with him was absolutely brilliant. Thank you, brother. Well, it was really enjoyable to go through that process with you. Let's circle back and tell people the last two, right? So number one was being able to see the unconscious reflexes of the drunk monkey. Number two was to correct or heal the imbalances and the hidden motives to survive. Number three was, is to connect with enlightened perspectives. And enlightened perspectives are just perspectives that predispose that all is well. That's it. So they have a, they have a presupposition and they presuppose, not predispose, they presuppose that all is well in the world. And when you come from that framework, your creativity, your resourcefulness, your chutzpah, your courage, your power, your, your wherewithal is expanded. When you are at the effect of the illusion that somehow your life matters or what you're doing matters, when you think that your life matters, you're in trouble because your life doesn't matter. And the moment you connect with this idea, I don't matter, what I'm doing doesn't matter, this transaction doesn't matter, this call doesn't matter, when you're there, suddenly you can choose what matters without all of the anxiety and the stress and the worry and the fretting and the negative emotions that get connected to it. Enlightened perspectives, that's number three. And then number four is the thing that you and I worked so diligently on, which is the skill set of recontextualization. And recontextualization is just the skill of being able to describe the situation in a way that creates an empowering reality for you. And oftentimes that just means taking it from the illogical idea that it really matters and that it's a survival situation to a more rational idea, which is that it doesn't actually mean anything in the long run. So maybe it's just neutral, but as soon as you get to neutral, you can then find something that activates your inspiration. Dude, I love that. So can you go over the four so people can kind of see them all together or listen to Here them all come. together? Ready? Here's the four. One, you have to see that your mind is not your friend, that the drunk monkey has a series of unconscious reflexes. 
that you don't have any control over them. Okay. And it talks whether you want it to or not. Two, you need to remove the motivation for your mind to talk. And the motivation for all talking at this point is survival. Now, there will be talking that occurs after you remove the survival motivation, but it'll feel like inspiration. It won't feel like worry and doubt and fret and motivational thoughts. Number three is to connect with enlightened perspectives, perspectives that presume that all is well. And then number four is to recontextualize your entire life so that you recognize that all is well. And when you do that, you'll shift from talking that you can't control, waking up in the middle of the night with negative chatter, going to a listing presentation, and all the way there, your mind is like, you're not going to get it. They're not going to price it right. You're stupid. I can't believe you're even going. Why are you even doing this, right? <laughs> all of that stuff goes away. And what's left is this pristine silence with moments of inspiration and incredible ideas. Dude, that's clean right there. All right, what are some of the practices that the people listening in can start doing right now to create a quiet mind? Just well, give first, me one thing, or two. first thing that they should do is they should get my book. And in the back, there are 23 daily practices that are designed just to like instantaneously get you into this quiet mind state. But let me tell you about two that I think are going to be really good for a real estate agent. The first one is to admit that your mind is not your friend. You've got to admit it. Who else calls you fat and stupid and tells you you're a loser and that other people are better than you and I don't even know why you're in this business and you should just get out and get a real job? Nobody else says that stuff to you except for the drunk monkey in your head. It's not your friend. It's not on your side. And you're listening to it like it's a trusted advisor. So my request is that you play a game with yourself where you start to listen to the talking in your head like it is a GPS giving you directions but that it's only giving you directions to survive and you're not in a survival situation. So that's number one. Number two is to actually begin to embrace and celebrate failure because failure is the way that you succeed. And becoming a scientist is absolutely critical. You don't know what the future is, yet the drunk monkey thinks it's psychic. The drunk monkey literally convinces you that it can tell the future. And so you suffer in advance before something's even happened. How do you deal with that part, man? That's, I think that's the biggest challenge agents have right there. That right there is called forecasting the negative, And it is a, it's an unconscious reflex of the drunk monkey. And the drunk monkey is being motivated by all of these hidden motives, greed, grudge, hatred, victim, illogical rules, humble, traitor, all of that stuff, right? Resistance, pride. It's trying to, it's on a regular basis, trying to steer you in the direction of being okay so you can survive longer. When you start to see that these motivations are not actually logical, that they don't actually work for your life, you begin to remove their influence. You begin to, in essence, heal the imbalanced part of your consciousness that says, I'm in a survival situation, and you start to admit you're actually in a process of thriving. Even when you don't feel like you're thriving, you're still in a process of thriving. Your basic needs are met. So you have to, one, remove those and then two, you have to become a person who busts the drunk monkey on a regular basis. In essence, in the beginning, you have to talk back to the drunk monkey. 
So the drunk monkey's like, you're going to go on this presentation and they're going to want to cut your commission and they're going to want to price it too high and you're going to take this listing and then every single time they call you, you're going to have a heart palpitations when you see their phone number show up on your phone and it's the same old stuff that you always deal with and I don't even know why you even go on listing presentations. That's crazy. Right? So here's the drunk monkey premeditating, pretending it's psychic and that it knows how it's all going to work out. And your job is to literally step back and say, drunk monkey, you have no idea who these people are. This is a completely different scenario. I'm committed to saying exactly what I need to say to them mm -hmm. so that I get the listing at a great price and I take it for a full commission. And if something happens where I feel like there's wiggle room in there, I'm going to give myself some play. I don't need to be, I don't need to be rigid in my process, but I'm going to go and I'm going to investigate and I'm committed to putting myself into a good situation with these people, not in a degrading negative situation with these people. I don't need the listing. I want it. I don't need it. I want it. But just because I want it doesn't mean that it's good for me. So I may not take the listing. You just have little conversations with the drunk monkey. That's a good way to start. But like I said, in the book, I have 23 daily practices that people can utilize and they'll be very helpful. What's the website one more time, Matthew? QuietMindEpicLife.com. Go there and you pay shipping. I'll send you a book for free. I love it. So I'm going to post that up on, on, on lab codes too, if everybody's listening in. So I'll post it up to the top of the group. And Matthew, here's one, one last thought that I have, and I don't know what you think of this. It only came up because what you were saying, the survival mind part of it, that really stuck out with me because we've talked about some of the other parts that you and I have gone through, but the survival mind here, we, we live, like you said, in more of a peaceful time here in the United States. And we don't have an ongoing war. We don't have a life usually where we have to worry about surviving the next day or that day, even if we're going to die through somebody shooting us or killing us or bombing our house or whatever. Yeah. And since we're no longer living in that time period, our mind still thinks that we need to survive in that time. But how do we break out of that? Because I feel like that's instinctive, right? Like you were saying. Yes. It's instinctive. And we still think that we need to survive, 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 survive. I find that that's a challenge for everyone. Because even for me, I'm thinking I normally do these practices. I practice these Jedi mind tricks, right? And they work. But there it goes sometimes, you know, me talking to myself. And I, I, I caught it, but it was like too late. Like 10 seconds in and I'm like, and now it's like, ah, uh, uh, Tristan, but 10 seconds, that's mastery level, brother. That's mastery level. If we can get it down to two or three seconds, it'll hardly be even noticeable. 10 seconds does become unbearable, but it's unbearable because you've had, you've had times of great peace using the techniques that we have practiced together. So you're sort of like the princess and the pea. You've got 20 mattresses that you sleep on and you can feel one tiny little pee at the bottom. For our listener, you know, it's like 75% mind chatter and then 25% times when they're in pretty good control of it. And my objective is to just keep moving that so that they get all the way to a place where, you know, I think it's, it's probably, if you're going to live in society, it's probably somewhere around 95% peace and 5% um, some variation on agitation or upset. And that's a pretty darn good ratio. Uh, I'm pushing farther and farther and farther, but so far I'm running at about 95%. 
That's good, man. You always seem to be at peace. So I do my best. It's something that I practice, but you wanted to, you wanted to me to comment on survival mind versus the quiet mind. And yeah. I'll say it in this way. Our ancestors survived because of the survival mind. You and I came in predisposed to survival, but we came in at a time at which our survival is pretty much guaranteed. Not all the way guaranteed, but pretty much guaranteed. The things that we're thinking about are in the realm of self-actualization. The things that you talk to your real estate agent audience about are ideas that are in the realm of self-actualization. This is a phenomenal time to be alive. And it's a phenomenal time to rewrite the genetic code so that we can all begin to embrace this incredible time that we're living in. And I know that for some people, you know, there's like, uh, well, you don't understand my situation. And that's true. I don't understand your situation. But I can tell you this. If you're interested and curious about the things that Tristan and crew talk about at Lab Code Agents, you're someone who is predisposed to a thriving state. And it's very important that you just admit it. Because the moment you admit it, anything other than thriving will no longer do. So I'll say you can transform and have a quiet mind. And the life you're living is not a life of survival. I, I'll say that to you. And when you've made a commitment, when you've decided, I'm going to now live a thriving, enlightened life. When you decide that, you say, wow. You're right. I am living in this state and I am getting agitated by things that aren't actually survival situations. But until you make the decision, when people tell you you can live a good life, immediately what happens is victim kicks in and says, no, I need to manipulate the people around me into thinking that I'm weak so that I can get their support so I don't have to spend as much energy getting what I want. Victim or pride kicks in. I need to be important, so I need to get out there and, and try and do as much stuff as I can, even though no matter how much I do, I still feel insecure. We're all being burdened by these kinds of survival motives. And in the end, if you want to kick ass and live a good life, you've got to work on both. You've got to work on the outer world and optimizing that, and the inner world and optimizing that. And that's what I'm talking about. dude. I love it. All right. So if you want more of Matthew Ferry, go visit his website. Matthew, I don't want to get it wrong. What is it? QuietMindEpicLife.com. I love it. All right. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, everybody.